Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Y'all play like some little girls. Y'all like y'all never played football before. These guys are nothing. You hear me? They please just like we do. Yes, sir. They sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then let's play. But that's eating us too. That gives us too. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. Basketball tournament broadcast teams. Texas Tech may not be involved, but still, it's going to be March Madness. We will watch, or at least I will, some of it. I don't know how much I'll watch this year. I I generally am a guy who watches a lot of the NCAA tournament. Texas Tech not involved. We'll see. Texas Tech baseball. Over the weekend, I was there. Uh, we covered most of that yesterday uh, on the Raiderland. I called in for the last segment. Uh, if you missed it, you can catch that on the website. You can also catch the Gambling Gauchos episode we did last night with Tech Hoops Guy. Talked a lot about the Shriners College Classic and looked ahead at the Iowa series this weekend, which could be. A really good series. Don't look now, Iowa. 9-1 and one to start the year. Uh, they have one pitcher that throws absolute gas. Uh, then you also have New Mexico today. And I am beat down currently. I can only imagine what uh, those Texas State baseball players are feeling after playing 16 innings on Sunday night. And the guy who was likely going to start this week for Texas Tech against New Mexico, probably pitching in that 16-inning affair. By the way, Kyle Robinson, great outing. Great outing against A&M in the extra inning portions. Throwing like 70 pitches, going scoreless through four or five. uh, Looking really good. And... You also had a good performance from Ryan Free. Uh, you had Crowley come in and get out of batter. So impressive stuff from the Texas Tech pitching staff uh, today against New Mexico at 3 p.m. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, quick look to see if they have some lineups out. I do not see them yet. But we will update you on that as soon as we do. 
Uh, it does say Texas Tech is locked in. And it'll be a nine-game homestand. Uh, these two. Then you have Iowa this weekend. That's five. And then you have three against Oklahoma State. That's eight. And then you have a midweek to follow. Um, really interesting start to the Big 12 schedule. Oklahoma State at home in Austin for the weekend. And then back home for TCU. And then you go um, in the midweek to Stanford and you play like North Dakota State in between. And then you go back to Big 12 play. So you have your first three series. Then you have a series outside of the Big 12. And then you come back to the Big 12. You play arguably the top three teams besides you. I know Texas, that's a little disingenuous maybe to say, but they have the talent. They can figure it out. Just because they lost, have lost some starting the season doesn't mean they'll be bad when you play them in Big 12 play. Uh, West Virginia punching up so far. Kansas State a little bit sneaky good, as been has been said. Um, so those are probably the top five or six teams right there. Baylor. Baylor's bad. Baylor's number nine. Kansas also not very good, but they th- they throw th- their their staff is decent. Um, they don't have a great lineup. The Big 12, though, following this weekend, I think we learned a lot about the Big 12. TCU, very good. Louisville was the best team at the Shriners. I thought TCU and Texas Tech uh, were the next couple. I know Texas Tech lost twice. Um, That first one to Rice. And then the A&M game, if that's played at Kyle Field, it might look a little different in Texas A&M's favor. If that's played at Texas Tech, Texas Tech wins that game. Um, not easily, but you hit some bombs at Minute Maid that would have been out by 30 yards in Lubbock that died. Uh, one at the warning track, one at the wall, and a couple that just looked like shots that died. The roof was open, the fog was rolling in. Once it got up in that fog, it died. Um, but again, the 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 Shriners College Classic is a really well run tournament. Enjoyed being there. Uh, that was my first time to be there. It's not Texas Tech's first time to be there. Uh, but again, with so many new faces, um, it is different. Especially if you've played at Dan Law all fi- all season, and then you go play at Minute Maid. There's an adjustment, and I don't think Texas Tech really made the adjustment uh, as well as let's say. Uh, Louisville, who might be more used to that kind of a pitcher's park. Uh, TCU to TCU, they they mashed a couple. They have really slick defense so far this year, or at least they did in the games I watched. And I watched probably two full TCU games at the ballpark and then one on TV. Um, impressive. Impressive. Uh, there was an incident with Texas after they lost their series uh, they met in, in center field and had some words for the opposing team. Um, are the cracks already happening with Texas? That'll be interesting to follow. Very interesting to follow, to be honest. One note on the Texas Tech Shriners College Classic trip. 
Um, every team had a a Shriners. I guess they call them Shriners kids, a Shriners patient, former Shriners patient that was kind of involved with that team. Um, they got to go tour the facility and whatever else. It's Texas Tech baseball's pin tweet. Uh, it's a kid named Caden. Uh, Caden was building a barbecue pit with his dad when he was 13, and the propane tank blew up in his face. He ends up going to Shriners Hospital, and they take care of him. Uh, if you want to donate to Shriners, you can donate through Texas Tech's website, uh, Texas Tech's Twitter feed. But that story was really cool, and I believe I believe they said he was a Tech student now. I I could be uh, mis misstating uh, that, but I believe he's uh, on campus and, and being around, or at least was around the team. He sat in the dugout all weekend, which was also cool. So, really cool atmosphere. Uh, there's a kid who did interviews all weekend before the game. I mentioned Tim Tadlock's interview yesterday when I was on with Hyatt, but really, really interesting. Obviously, we have Texas Tech basketball to talk about. We can get to the text line, too. Uh, let's do that now. Uh, hey, Rob, hearing rumors that Texas Tech has shaved their Adam's apple and to make more room for them to bring back a beard. Thoughts? And that is 100% not from Big Hen. Uh, <clears throat> I believe they will shave their Adam's apple. I think they've just bought the razor. Uh, but I do not think they have any plans to grow a beard back. I think people have been telling them they would look good in a beard. I think there are people willing to pay for them to grow a beard. Uh, but I do not believe ultimately that they will make that decision. I think they've preferred their face clean shaven. Bro, do you think Juan John Wilner has done his research and listened to your uh, HSOs on his work? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. We'll see. We'll see tonight. Rob, your opinion, please. That's what I do here. Uh, evaluating the Mark Adams hire, my first hesitation in him as a candidate when Beard left was his age or the generation gap and relating well to the 17 to 23-year-old players. John Wooden won 10 titles and seemed ageless. Was it just a different era? Yes. For one, it was a different era. Vince Lombardi might have struggled with today's athletes. I, and that's a question there, but I mean, yeah. Again, I don't like couching what's happened here in terms of, well, in today's society, or in terms of, well, you know, the racially insensitive language. If my boss, I'm a white man, if my boss had come in and said, hey, you know, there's uh, there's masters and servants and you need to fall in line, I would have not liked that. And I, I would have also complained, probably directly to his face, but it probably gets around to corporate or HR that this guy is telling his employees who are paid to be there, like the Tech basketball players, by the way, that his employees should fall in line and have the same master-servant dynamic because he's in charge. That's just not a good way to be a leader. 
You should inspire people to want to follow you, not tell them that they have to follow you because that's the deal. Oh, but no, Vince Lombardi probably wouldn't have been a as successful in this era, but I don't, I don't think anybody would be. I, I, and again, if you took him from that era and just plopped him here, uh, then I think it's very obvious that John Wooden wouldn't have been successful in this era for a multitude of reasons. Uh, this text, I missed you, bro. I've been listening to Mr. Ballin from 1 to 2 instead. I don't know who that is. Well, welcome back. Uh, you can also listen to old replays from 1 to 2 when I'm not here. If you want to. Uh, the on-demand feature on KKM.com. Uh, you can listen to old Raiderland with Ryan Hyatt. So you can listen to Gambling Gauchos episodes. Or uh, Rob Bro Show episodes. Wherever you find podcasts. Uh, let's take the break here and we come back. More text rolling in. It's the Rob Bro Show. We'll also talk about tech baseball some more. Could you see a lethargic tech baseball team today against New Mexico? Should you be worried if New Mexico pops you a little bit? We'll talk about it when we come back. It's Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News. Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Rocho talking 103.9 News Money Sports. Mr. Ballin is a YouTube guy who tells 10 to 20 minute stories about strange, dark, and mysterious. They're good listens to pass the time. Oh, there you go. You learn something new every day. Mr. Ballin. I'll check him out. Back to the text line. If you could cherry pick the top three viable candidates to replace Adams, who would they be? I don't feel like I have to cherry pick them. Um, I could just choose them. Uh, let's see. If I was the athletic director at Texas Tech, who would be my three calls? If I could only th- call three... I think it would be worth it to call Grant McCaslin to take a look at his binder and see if he interviews well. I think of the coaches with baggage that people have brought up, Sean Miller would be my choice. And I think the other popular name that has been brought up the most is Ben McCollum, the D2 coach with multiple D2 national championships, uh, or Pat Kelsey at Charlotte. So there's four. Um, But there are a lot. Again, this is a really good job. I think people just hear me talk about it as a Texas Tech guy and think I'm overblowing it, but legitimately, this is a top 25 job in the country. 
legitimately, just a job, not team, not program, job. Being in the Big 12, especially if Gonzaga and Arizona and and whoever else join the Big 12 and you have basketball-only revenue, media-wise, it will improve. But facilities... Top 20 easily. Top 10 maybe. Recent success. High up on the list. Two, uh, three Elite Eights. Three Sweet 16s. A Final Four. A National Championship appearance. A Big 12 title. That's all within the last five years. Six years, however long it's been. Recruiting success with both the portal and some of the highest rated recruits you've gotten through the high school ranks as well at Texas Tech. Some individual success with newcomer of the year, freshman of the year, player of the year, twice in the Big 12, once. Newcomer of the year twice, maybe? Whatever it is, you've got some individual success as well. Pop Isaac showing up on the all-freshman team. So, individual success from players. Individual success from, from the coaching perspective. Team success. Facilities. NIL money. Donor involvement. Environment. With not only just the arena bones, but also with the student section and fan support and engagement. The social media engagement you get. This is a, in in all of the metrics, this is a top 25 job. And that's being like overly cautious because I only see Texas Tech for the most part. I mean, I... If I was being homerish, I would say it's a top 10 job in the country. And what's crazy is it's a top 10 job in the country if I said that and probably still a top 6 job in the Big 12. I think a lot of the Big 12 jobs, because they're in the Big 12, are great jobs. And then I think you have like Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina. Um, could you make a case for some of the big Big East programs because of the rich heritage and history? Could you make a, a case for some of the basketball schools because you're so hot, so so high on their you know athletic pecking order that you don't have to deal with anything else? Uh, There are a few more SEC schools that I think are really good jobs in any sport because they're in the SEC. But I would put Texas Tech up against Arkansas or LSU or a a lot of that era. Uh, Kansas State, certainly. Iowa State. I know a lot lot of people in the Big 12 would, would... push back at that 
Is Texas a better job than Texas Tech? It's a much better job than three years ago because they built the Moody. I think the Moody is incredible. You probably have Texas and Kansas in front of Texas Tech. Kansas for sure. Kansas gets the the Big 12 bump. They get the basketball school bump. They get the recent and historical success bump. Everything else I mentioned about uh, awards and and success in the NBA and all of that, you, you get it all at Kansas. You get a lot of that at Texas too, just certainly not to the same extent and certainly not the historical success factor. But facilities and otherwise, NIL money. I say all that to say this, you're not going to be hurting for job applicants. Nobody's going to say, well, you fired the last guy after two years. I don't know if I want to go there. Nobody's going to say that. Nobody's going to say, well, you only paid Mark Adams two and a half million dollars. Well, that was different. You're not going to pay the next coach two and a half million dollars. And if you do, I don't think you made a very good hire. Because you you should go after somebody that commands more than that. You don't want to hire Matt Wells. And if you do hire the D2 guy, don't pay him two and a half million dollars. Because you think you can. Back to the text line. Joey McGuire, Texas Tech head football and basketball coach. I think he's busy, but he could probably do it. I think there... I have a legitimate theory where I think there are three Joey Maguires. I think he has the triplets. He kept it under wraps uh, because there's no way one man can recruit, attend Texas Tech track and field, baseball, um, spring practice, be on social media as much as he is and everything else he does and only be one man. It's ridiculous. So maybe one of his uh, his twins or doppelgangers can uh, can can work the magic and be the basketball coach. But I do think that's a good plan. Just hire the Joey McGuire of basketball. Who is that? Who's out there who has a firm identity and plan for a program and has the faith that he can do that at Texas Tech? And don't give me the stepping stone stuff. If a guy's here for three years and gets hired by somebody else, it means he did a good job here. So... You'll find the next guy after that. I don't want to plan for four years from now when we can hire a great coach today. And again, Mark Adams has not been fired, to my knowledge. But that's a whole other conversation if that does not happen. All right, let's take the break here. When we come back, uh, we'll look back at Texas Tech baseball, talk a little New Mexico today. And more. It's Rob Rose Show. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Talk 1340 News Money Sports.
Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk, 103.9 News, Money, Sports. We've got lineups for today's game. Texas Tech baseball throwing Zach Erdman, the freshman, uh, who pitched, I believe, Friday. Uh, and with Erdman getting the start, you are going to throw as many arms as possible, I believe, today. I don't think Erdman will go a long time. Uh, and it will be interesting. <laughs> it will be interesting uh, to see who can, will, won't come out of the pen today. Uh, again, just the nature of the weekend. You threw a couple of arms in every game, and then you basically played two games. You played four games, two games on Sunday, and the doubleheader basically went uh, well past midnight. You travel yesterday, and now you're already playing another game. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, Hudson White playing second base today. Dylan Maxey catching. Ty Coleman, DH. Uh, down the lineup, Nolan Hester left field. We've seen him there. Uh, second base, Hudson White, the catcher. Hudson White played first base last year. Hudson White. Uh, Austin Green maybe gets a little dinged up uh, in in the end of that A&M game. Uh, Kevin Bazell, third base. Gavin Cash, first base. D.H. Ty Coleman, uh, right field, the return of Owen Washburn uh, with Gage Harrelson earning a day off. Dylan Maxey catching today. Uh, Dylan Carter batting eighth, playing center field. Dylan Carter. Uh, and then Will Burns... Shortstop, again with Zach Erdman pitching. Interesting. To say the least, really interesting. Uh, Will Bannister lining up for New Mexico. Uh, He's got one start. He pitched four innings, had three hits, gave up one earned run, struck out one over four innings, 2-2-5 ERA. Interesting. Again, interesting. Both pitchers have pitched four innings. Erdman has three strikeouts, has yet to yield a run. Don't blame me if he gives up runs today. I just... I don't want to say I don't feel good about this game today because it's New Mexico and I think you'll win. Erdman, Bannister, and oh, that's a two o'clock start. Sorry, I said three o'clock because I was looking at D one baseball. I forgot their uh, the wrong uh, time zone on their stuff. Uh, but Texas Tech returns home. Uh, they are ten zero at home this season. Uh, they're probably heavy favorites, though. New Mexico at nine and two. They've played seven home games. This is their first true road game. They're three and one on a neutral field. Uh, you're one and two on a neutral field, eleven and two overall. It's a pretty good New Mexico baseball team coming in, uh, and they've been good. I would not be surprised to either see a really close, low scoring game or a really close, high scoring game, uh, but I don't think you'll see a big win in either direction today. I just don't. Um, you had a really long weekend. 
really long. So to come back and do this, uh, it's going to be tough. In New Mexico, it's always a weird game. It's always a weird game. I bet the over today. Let's say, um, let's go crazy. 17 to 13. Texas Tech today. Score a bunch of runs. It'll be nice. Uh, let's catch up on the text line. In the NCAA tournament discussion, midday beers for the first round Thursday and Friday games? Absolutely. On the coaching discussion, Kirby has to call Calipari, especially if Kentucky lets him go after the tournament. You certainly would make the call. I don't know if you're willing to match that contract situation, but hey, you got $7 million extra dollars laying around. Uh, it's a shame the Lobos don't play at Isotopes Park anymore. Yeah, that's it's a great ballpark. Um, I believe this is a two-game series with this game and a return trip to Albuquerque. I believe. I'd have to check the schedule. Well, I got the schedule right here. Why not? Uh, so one game with New Mexico and then in... At the end of the month, at New Mexico, on something called the Mountain West Network, uh, Tuesday the 28th. So there you go. Uh, and then the, the the other text here, what do you think? Will Colorado be the first team to leave the Pac-12 or the Big 12? Will Colorado be the first domino to fall? It certainly is trending that way. Um, if you would have asked me a week ago, a month ago, two months ago, I would have said absolutely no way. But looking back, I mean, the fact that they were bold enough to go after Deion Sanders when it looked like nobody else would at the Power 5 level, that's a great opportunity. And I don't think he'll be there that long, but if you could parlay that excitement into a... Uh, a Big 12 opportunity, or at least have the wherewithal to go after it. And if you need the money to potentially keep Deion Sanders, that's a risk you have to take. If the Pac-12 offers you $12 million and you already can't afford Deion Sanders past the first year, you're screwed. Colorado has to make a move. Arizona can survive. Arizona State can survive. Oregon, Stanford, Cal. Colorado needs to be in a position to make money if they want to try to keep Deion Sanders more than two seasons. If he wins this year, I would not be surprised if he's one and done. If Colorado does fall first, or join first, however you want to say it, we just made the domino reference, so I was sticking with it. Uh, Arizona will be close behind. I think Arizona State will get drug to the Big 12 if Arizona comes. And I don't know who the fourth team will be. I, I do not want Utah. I do not care 
about Utah. We have the Utah market in the Big 12 now with BYU. Uh, I know markets don't matter. Teams do. But Utah does not provide enough nationally for me to care at all about Utah. Utah can go live wherever they live and be fine. I don't care. There, there are reports, uh, they're not legitimate reports, but there are tweets, shouldn't even call them reports, there are tweets that uh, Colorado, the Arizona schools, and San Diego State will be the four teams joining. Uh, if you truly want to go four coasts, if you want to go uh, Middle America coast, East coast, West coast, and then uh, the Bayou coast with Houston... San Diego is an opportunity. If you just, if you would prefer to have Pacific time zone and not another mountain time zone like Utah, San Diego is certainly a pull. There are destinations there. People would travel. They have a brand new football stadium. They are competitive in multiple sports. They have a little bit of history with some some coaches there. Harbaugh and uh, Brady Hoke. I would be more intrigued with San Diego State than Utah. I really do not care about Utah. Do not care. Do not want them. Their fans are the worst. Their whole vibe... I hate, I do not need them involved with my sporting events. Back to the text line. Green Bay is singing bye-bye darkness retreat guy. The Jets are flying out to buy him because they think he's the guy. That'll be interesting to see if he goes to the Jets. Uh, Today's tech game on ESPN Plus why did the Astros plus uh why did the Astros Oh uh yes the game today is at 2 p.m. on ESPN plus all the home games are on ESPN plus all year Every Texas Tech home game is on ESPN plus every Texas Tech road game from here on out except for the Texas series and New Mexico is on ESPN plus Every single one of them at Oklahoma, ESPN Plus, at Kansas State, at Abilene Christian, at West Virginia, all ESPN Plus, and the re- the remaining games are at home or, uh, yeah, there any- you're playing a ton of games at home. Good grief, you're playing a ton of games at home. Anyways, uh, yeah, ESPN Plus, and the Astros didn't block ESPN Plus; those just were not scheduled to be on ESPN Plus. They were on uh, the Astros. Network because they have the capabilities easily to produce television programming on those networks. It didn't block anything. It just was the the contract. These are no-name schools. They add no credibility. Who? Colorado? Arizona? I mean, I can see where you're saying that with San Diego State, but Colorado, 
And the Arizona schools are brands, and they they do add. They do add. Of the available schools, they add. All right, another break. When we come back, the Rob Bro Show final segment. After this, talk one three point nine news, money, sports. Welcome back to Rob Rocha Talk, 103.9 News, Money Sports, minutes away from Texas Tech Baseball. Okay, that's just SEC guy. Uh, the SEC would never bring in those four schools. Okay, all right. We're not the SEC. Sorry. Uh, the NCAA men's basketball tournament broadcast teams announced by CBS and WBD, Warner Brothers Division. I don't know what that is. What is WBD? That's probably something I should know. W, uh, Wheelie Bad, I don't know. Uh, Jim Nance, Bill Rafferty, Onions, Grant Hill, and Tracy Wolfson. These are four people pairs, by the way. Uh, Brian Anderson, Jim Jackson, Allie LaForce. Ian Eagle, Jim Spinarkle, Evan Washburn, Kevin Harlan, Dan Bonner, Stan Van Gundy, and Lauren Shahadi. Uh, goat crew right there. That's the best crew. Lisa Byington, Steve Smith, and Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson, man, he, he is good. But every once in a while, he's a tough listen. Andy Katz on the sideline there. Andrew Catalan, Steve Lapis, Jamie Erdahl. Sparrow, Deddies, Deb Antonelli, and A.J. Ross, and then Brad Nessler, Brendan Haywood, and Dana Jacobson. Uh, I recognize a lot of those names, but what a crew. What a crew. Regional weekend teams uh, will be the top four. The Jim Nance, Brian Anderson, Ian Eagle, and Kevin Harlan teams. Uh, I think... Is Jim Nance calling his final final four? Is that is that what I remembered? Is this Jim Nance's last run? I would assume he wants to finish uh, doing whatever he's doing with Romo pretty soon too. Uh, an update: The University of Colorado Board of Regents has scheduled a special executive session board meeting for Wednesday to discuss legal advice on a specific matter, quote unquote specific matter, and an athletics update on the Pac-12. Uh, that came out yesterday. Jason Shear quote-tweeting it with a winky face. Somebody asked earlier if I thought Colorado would be the first school. Yes. I also think Arizona is in. I mean, I've thought Arizona was in the whole time. Um, we'll see. Uh, speaking of Arizona, their basketball coach, Mick Cronin, I, I gained a lot of respect from him uh, this afternoon. Here's a direct quote from him. He was talking to uh, the media. Uh, this is from Ben Bolch from the LA Times. 
Mick Cronin, when I told him I spoke with Joe Lenardi about needing to win the Pac-12 tournament to get a number one seed, Cronin said, you spoke with who? Bolch replied, Joe Lenardi. Cronin said, I'm not sure who that is, so I really don't have any comment on that. Thank you. Finally, somebody not bending into me, that hack, Joe Lenardi. Oh, man. Why do people, why do people read and listen to him? Uh, there, there, there are accounts, there are accounts I'm involved with that put out screenshots of Joe Lenardi stuff. He, he doesn't know what's going on. And while he might be legit that Arizona needs to win the, the, the Pac-12 tournament to be a one seed, I, I don't know on that, but Joe Lenardi, I'm glad coaches don't give him the time of day. I mean, just some guy in his basement putting out tournament brackets all year round. When the tournament ends on the first Monday of April, the next week, the next day, he'll have a 2024 tournament bracket out. Tell me that's not a sham. Tell me that's not a shame. In November, you're putting out brackets and people are like, oh my God. Tennessee's on the two line. We're going to have a good year. Joe Lenardi doesn't, he's not magic. He's not a wizard. He doesn't predict the future. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. 11 a.m. with the Raiderland, 1 p.m. with the Rob Rose Show. It'll be a good time. Won't be a long time. We're here for a good time. We'll see you then. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.